All right. Welcome to Crossy Streams Podcast, the podcast famous for not having an intro. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a podcast where uh, Nick and Cody get together and we bullshit about some stuff. And if Jason, if you're listening, fuck you. We don't have an intro yet, and that's okay. But if we do have any listeners, I do want you to check out our Instagram. It's Crossing Streams Podcast or at Crossing Streams Podcast. Go ahead and check us out and shoot us a follower. Follow. follow. Become a follower. Yeah, so anyway, so I'm here on a Saturday. Yeah. That's not common for us. Yeah, that's different. Because of all of our four podcasts, I think they've all been on Thursdays. Today's a Saturday. And of those four, only three have actually been uh, posted because, you know. Well, if we count the ones we didn't post, then we probably had, we're probably almost at 10 now. Yeah, there's quite a bit. But those aren't ever going to see the light of day, probably. Behind the scenes. But. We're here because we're going to celebrate with you today, pal. Yep, I what did, did it. What did you do? Uh, I passed basically the major, the last major test you have to take to become a teacher in California, because um, obviously California loves to put hurdles in front of everybody that wants to do anything. And so the last major test that you have to pass, I passed it. So I'm I'm basically done. Well, I'm not done, done. I mean, there's a couple little things I have to do, but basically once the next school year starts, I'll be a a real teacher, real full-time. No one could tell me nothing. I can teach first <laughs> graders how to read and and you can't tell me any different. Good for you, man. Now you said the last one, how many, how many tests have you had? Total, I mean, state, so state mandated tests, there's the CBEST, there's the, there's three CSETs minimum, and then there's the TPAs, and then there's this, so. What was this called? It's called the RECA, it stands for Mm -hmm. like reading something, I don't even remember, but it basically is a test to see if you can teach kids how to read, that's Mm -hmm. what it's for, is to see if you can teach kids how to read, and. Um, they're all super expensive. It's ridiculous. Dude, <laughs> that's prob- how it works. Probably I've, I would have to guess probably total altogether. I've spent in the range of $2,000 mm-hmm. just in test. It's mm-hmm. insane. It's absolutely insane just for them to, and what's crazy, the craziest part about it, especially in California, the demand for teachers is so high and they put all these barriers of entry for you and then you end up doing it all and you get the job and then they don't even pay you that much so it's like Dude, <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous I, <laughs> I know i know it when so when i took the bar exam you almost have to do it on a computer like if you try and go in and handwrite your exam you are in trouble because is that an option they, right. they say you can handwrite it if you would like, but... Yes. In fact, that's like the the emergency situation uh, protocol. Like the guy next to me, his computer died while he was taking the test. They immediately brought over him a handwriting packet and he was to continue in handwriting. But here's, here's why I bring it up is because you pretty much have to type it if you want to be able to get everything down that you need to get down. But the state of California charges you to use your own computer. Yeah, that's so insane. You, so you, it's like... It's not significantly more expensive, but it's like an extra 150, 200 bucks is like the laptop fee. And so they provide this. If you don't have a computer? No, it's. Oh, they, for your laptop fee. Correct. They're charging you a laptop fee to use your laptop. What if Uh you, do do you have an option to use their laptop? No, to use any laptop, you pay an extra fee. But they won't provide a laptop. They don't provide a laptop. No matter how many dollars you give them. Uh Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. Uh (laughs) So I know what this is like, but. Back to your test. You said it's the last one. Is it the hardest? Oh, for sure. 
for sure the hardest. How long were you working? Like, were, did you study for this? Is that something oh, you yeah. do? I probably put in, so I, the way I did it, because I'm working as a teacher right now on an intern credential. And so the way I did it is I scheduled it at the end of my winter break. So basically, I mean, I studied, you take a, you take a class to get you prepared mm-hmm. for it. And I studied sporadically plus what you're doing at school kind of gets you somewhat prepared because you're writing about ways you would teach a kid how to read. Probably that, that last week I took it on a Friday, that last week I just treated it like it was my job. So I put in probably roughly close to eight hours a day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Mm -hmm. to just make sure I was fine tuned, ready to go. I had everything, you know, internalized and the test itself taking it, I think took me, I think it was about four hours. I think it's about four hours that you get. And I took about every minute that they give you. So why not? Yeah, exactly. Like if I could go back and reread shit and just make sure everything sounds good. Do you remember a time in your life that you couldn't read? No. Yeah. Not that. I mean, I'm sure I have memories from a time that I couldn't read. I have very vague memories from being super young, but I don't remember not being able to read being... That's weird that you asked that now that I think about it because yeah. I don't think about the fact that like, oh, this is a memory from a time that if I looked at words, I wouldn't know what they said. Right. That is weird. Like everything that you think of, you know, you can't remember like looking at something and it being just looking like if I were to look at Mandarin mm-hmm. right now or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Isn't it? Yeah. I was a decently bright kid even coming into school i would say probably a little bit above the average student coming into school but i i remember being able to read in kindergarten i remember being able to read yeah for sure kindergartners know how to read for a lot of kindergartners know how to read i mean above average kindergartners know how to read that's how you know the cool thing about teaching kindergarten to first grade either of those grades is like the gauge for if you're above yeah. average or not is do you know how to read <laughs> it's yeah. that easy yeah. <laughs> i just i don't remember even the process of learning how to read which is so i mean it's telling right because there are i know that there are kids even in this country but certainly other countries that cannot read oh can't, for sure they can't read their own language they can't read english like they can't read and they get you know up there in school and still struggle with reading so I know it's a serious problem. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather doesn't even know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you bring that up because this was something I was going to ask you. Of last weekend, who had a better weekend, Conor McGregor or Patrick Mahomes? Um, right? It depends. If Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl, then I would give it to Patrick Mahomes. But that's not fair, right? Because that would be the Super Bowl. And this certainly wasn't a Super Bowl fight for Conor. Every fight has a huge impact, but... I think that, though, see, here's the thing. If Patrick Mahomes loses that game last weekend, he's young. he has fucking mm-hmm. plenty of years. That's true. If Conor McGregor loses that fight last weekend, it's a... You know, it's it's a quick it's a quick downhill or uphill I should say battle because it you know you come back from this long layoff then you get beat up by mm-hmm. Donald Cerrone who's an amazing fighter but definitely not in his prime you know what I'm saying so it's like if he loses he has a lot more he's losing mm-hmm. and whereas Patrick Mahomes if he loses he could come back next year and easily win the suit you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying it's it's just not the same the stakes thing. are yeah so I I mean that being said I guess I have to give it to Connor right because if, if it was a it was more meaningful. The fact that Connor won last weekend was more meaningful than the fact that Patrick Mahomes wins. And if Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, still the fact that Connor McGregor won is still a, a big deal. Because mm-hmm. the weird thing about football is 
cool, you won one. People, by the next Super Bowl, if you're not in it, no one really cares mm-hmm. anymore. The fight game and the football game are such completely different sports. That's a good point. The stakes were certainly higher for Connor. Um, but I think just as far as just being impressed by an athletic performance, boy, they were pretty close, the two of them, I think. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, he was more impressive the week before. So if you were to say who had a better who had a better weekend, Conor McGregor or Patrick Mahomes against the Texans, probably I'd say Patrick Mahomes. But I think I agree with you. I think Conor had a better weekend last weekend. For sure. If you can, if you can confine it to a, a single performance yeah. one day and what it means for their careers – Probably you probably have to give it to Connor, but dude, if Patrick Mahomes comes out next weekend and just whoops 49ers ass, and it just becomes like the best playoff run of NFL history, you know what I'm saying? Like he just has so much, so much potential of what he can do as far as like what he did this playoff series. Especially he plays the fucking he's he's down to the Texans. You know they're whooping that ass twenty four to zero. He comes back throws. Doesn't he? Didn't he throw like five straight? It wasn't they like had, five. No, t- uh, they touchdown had they had like five. Four. No, they had five or six straight touchdown drives. Oh, okay. They weren't straight touchdown passes, but he ended the game I think with five touchdowns. Yeah, it was insane. And then comes and then fucking just whoops on the fucking titans who were red hot and they even the titans got up or like that's the thing about the chiefs is it doesn't matter if you get up on him it doesn't matter dude because that dude's arm like it you get him warmed up he could score fucking four touchdowns at a fucking half if he wants dude they did it in the second quarter yeah that's what was what was interesting about the titans game we knew this going in is when they played in the titans it's like, okay, the Titans have to have the lead going into the half or they're going to lose. Right. But the Titans have the lead at any point. The Chiefs are not out. Like, there's a point where the Titans could be out of the game. There's never really a point where the Chiefs are out of the game. And that's going to be true going into the Super Bowl, too. Yeah, for I think, sure. I think the 49ers would, are better equipped to come back on a team than the Titans were. Because Garoppolo is pretty good, and they've got some weapons. They've got Kittle. They've got Emmanuel Sanders. They've got some actual weapons that they can come back quickly. Whereas the Titans, like if they're down, all they can really do is run the ball well. Right. And if they have, to, if they're going to bleed the clock like that, it's just not going to work. What are you talking about? They have one of the best quarterbacks to ever live. Right. Yeah. We, are we, by the way, are we Chiefs fans now? Yeah. I mean, I mean, at least next weekend, right? I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, I know, right. <laughs> We're like, dude. Do you see though? Look what happens when the fucking Patriots get booted first round. This is what happens. People care about football. Like that's the thing. Is like the Patriots get booted first round. People get excited about who's going to win the Super Bowl because no one. If if the Patriots even have a chance, I feel like people are just like, eh, whatever. The Patriots are probably going to fucking win it again. Like who gives a shit? You know? Do you agree or disagree? Because you're giving me a face like you disagree. I'm sure you're right. Okay, I'm sure you're right, but I don't think we could feel it this offseason because the Niners are there. Yeah. And we are surrounded by a bunch of Niners fans. So I think yeah. the interest would have been around us either way because if it would have been the Patriots and the Niners playing in the Super Bowl, it would have been, you know, kind of the same feeling because we're surrounded by Niners fans. Right. Surrounded by Niners fans. But, you know, 
I don't know. Who did? Wait. I want the Chiefs to win for sure. There's so many reasons to like the Chiefs. So many reasons. Who? Patrick Mahomes is just one of them. Who did the Who did the Niners beat to make it to the Super Bowl? The Packers. And yeah. They embarrassed them. Dude. What if? They destroyed them. Do you think that people, do you think it would be a little bit cooler if it was Packers versus the Chiefs? Like, do you think that would be a little bit cooler than Niners versus the Chiefs? The Packers technically have, the Packers technically have four, but three of those came before anybody who's even watching the true football now were even alive like it was like a really fucking long true yeah it didn't doesn't fucking matter so yeah so i I mean you know i don't know i mean i so i guess either way like so i mean it's not like aaron Rodgers doesn't have a ring you know what i'm saying like the aaron Rodgers story is almost it would almost be more it would matter more if Aaron Rodgers didn't have a ring and he was this amazing football player who didn't have a ring, but he has one. So it's like, okay, well, he has his one. It's whatever. You know, it doesn't really matter. So I don't know. So the fact that I don't know. So what do I care more about? So Aaron Rodgers is a amazing quarterback that leads his team to the Super Bowl against Patrick Mahomes, but he has a ring already. But the 49ers organization they have five fairly relevant rings because they're way more recent than the mm-hmm. Packers rings. But no one on the 49ers is some notorious. Is, right. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Garoppolo. Ha- Garoppolo might have a ring, right? Does he have a ring? He probably the backup, does. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. He probably has a ring already. And like Richard Sherman has a fucking ring. Like it's mm-hmm. not like none of those dudes have rings, but none of those dudes were the star player on their team when they won that ring. You know, it was almost like when, um, what's, uh, Ray Lewis, when Ray Lewis made it to the fucking Super Bowl again, and he was like the star player on the, but it was like, yeah, but he, he already won one, you know? So how much do we really care? Like we care, like, it's cool that you want a second one. Like that's fucking tight. But like, do we really care that much? I don't know. It's always cool to see new people win the championship. And that's Mm -hmm. true across all sports. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's something that's true for every single sport. Unless that person's a tool, right? There are, I'm sure, players that you're just like, I don't care. I don't want to see that guy really win a ring. I think maybe some – there are instances where Even I Even if they've imagine, never won a win ring before? I can imagine the situation where you would rather Tom Brady win his seventh than this guy win his first because he's a dick. No, there's not a single player in the league I would rather see Tom Brady win his seventh than okay. win. Give me another example and maybe I'll agree with you. Listen, I'm just trying to set up a hypothetical. All right, I'm not saying Tom Brady specifically, but I'm sure there's a situation where you're not interested in seeing a guy who's never won a ring win a ring. Because of his personality or something else. I don't know. Okay. But here's my point. I decided before the championship round of this particular NFL season that I wanted either the Chiefs or the Titans, whoever came out of that game, I was going to root all the way. Okay. But frankly, I wanted the Chiefs. I'm going to just be honest about it. Yeah, was, I've been he... rooting for the Chiefs kind of since the since the start of playoffs. There's a couple teams that I I want. Like I was I, I wanted the Ravens to do well, you know? Yeah. Um but I, I want the Chiefs to win. Yeah. I want Andy Reid. Do you know, have you read, I'm going to have to send you this article. You may have read it, but it's an ESPN article about Andy Reid. And it's it's through the lens, like a, it's like kind of an interview with a bunch of people that know him. And they cover all these topics. It is fascinating, dude. That guy is a good guy who deserves a ring. Patrick Mahomes is a baller. I'm a huge fan of Tyron Matthew. Yeah. Like, I want the Chiefs to win, man. Because that dude deserves it. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, the only the only hiccup that I have with 
the Chiefs. The only, like, asterisk I have with their whole organization was how they handled Tyreek Hill and then how they handled Kareem Hunt. And how that there was, like, the same situation. They handled the opposite? It was almost... Tyreek's Hill... Okay, I can't say it was worse because Tyreek Hill's situation didn't have a video that went viral or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But, dude, he beat up a pregnant woman. And that's as low as you could go. Right. And then Kareem Hunt, uh, he also, you know, there was a, a abuse against women, which is never okay, no matter what. Yeah. And it's obviously a huge issue, especially within, you know, NFL players and stuff. And, like, they have to do what they have to do and release these players or do whatever. But it was like... They there was this huge controversial thing with Kareem Hunt, and they end up releasing him like not even a year after this whole thing happened with Tyreek Hill, and they're like, eh, whatever, we'll kind of just wait it out, and people ended up forgetting about it, and it was just like yeah. not even a it, he's he's on obviously he's on the roster now, yeah. like it, it wasn't even like a thing, like that's the one asterisk I have on the organization as a whole, and I get it, dude, they're dealing with so much, yeah. and I can't just like that's not Patrick, that's obviously not Andy Reid's fault, that's not Patrick Mahomes' fault, who are the people you're looking at when you you know the people you think about when you think about these organizations but i don't know things like that they just like it just fucking bugs me that like we we pick and choose or these teams whatever they pick and choose like what is important how to handle these situations and dude those types of things like they affect these people's lives quite a bit and and dude fuck kareem hunt for what he did you know like that's that's shitty that he did that but also another person on the team also did something equally if not more shitty and you guys didn't do anything Mm -hmm. about it so like what how am i supposed to stand behind like whatever you guys stand for when i don't know i i have to think about those things because dude like that's that's real shit you're talking about real humans that you're like supporting you're like saying like i stand behind this but it's like do you really i don't know i don't know maybe you think differently maybe you know some people think that like outside what happens outside of sports needs to stay outside of sports Uh, and what's happening on the field needs to stay on the field and that's some people's argument but i don't know to me like what how an organization handles situations like that for example i really like lebron james he's my favorite athlete of all time and it's not just because of how amazing he is when he's on the court, but also because the dude's literally never had a scandal. He's never had shit. He's fucking married his high school sweetheart. He's an amazing father figure. He's donated to his community. He's created these schools. He's sent thousands of kids to college tuition free. Like that's why I like LeBron James. Like who these people are outside of the sport influences my opinion. So I don't know. Maybe that's just maybe that's just me and some people would disagree, but that's just how I feel. You know, we didn't oftentimes you and I talk a little bit about kind of what we're going to talk about. So if something comes up when we're recording, we kind of have some foundation. And I just don't remember the details of the Tyreek Hill thing versus the Kareem Hunt thing. I thought the Tyreek Hill thing happened in college, which doesn't really help because the Chiefs then drafted him despite that versus Kareem Hunt's thing happening while he was on the Chiefs. But that's not really the distinction I think that's relevant. It's got to be the video, dude. Yeah. The NFL is a dirty, kind of salacious, I'm not sure if I'm using that word right, but this is kind of this gross organization that makes its decisions based on what the court of public opinion is going to do to them, right? Like, the 
obvious one, the easiest one to point to is Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice. Ray Rice is the easiest one to point to because, like, they had all the paperwork. They knew. All right, his fiance got knocked out cold going on a video, and they read about it on paper. And somebody did a little investigation. They found out that it happened, so they suspended him for two games. Yeah. Two-game suspension. Then they released a video where we see her get knocked out cold, and they're like, you know, <gasps> never mind. <laughs> oh my stars! Like we got to suspend you forever, right? But it's like you knew you're out, buddy. Like you knew what it said. It said, you know, the the paperwork says she gets knocked out cold, you know, or whatever. And they made a decision. And then when the video came out, they're like, oh wait, this is going to be worse than we thought. We have to cut him. So that the only real difference there is how the court of public opinion is going to react to the Baltimore Ravens about that. Right. And when it's on paper, it's a lot easier to defend because people are just they just have their imaginations as far as how bad it actually was. Right. When it's on video, it's completely different. And Cream Hunts was on video. Yeah. And so, that's the biggest difference. And I actually think you're right. Now that I'm thinking about it, and I, I probably shouldn't have misspoke before I actually looked up the details. I actually think you're right. I think it was an issue. That was something that had happened and then I had come up later or whatever. But anyways, you're you're 100% right. It, it always ends up being – if people see – it, and maybe it's because when people see it happen on video, they can confirm in their own mind, okay, this is a true thing. Like, this isn't just something people are saying or somebody said that this happened. Because, dude, no matter dude, no matter fucking what, it doesn't matter how many people come out and say this shit happened. If people don't see it happen, you're always going to have people saying, you know, well, did it actually happen? You yeah. know, did it, did, is it, is this actually real or are they just trying to, you know, get theirs? Dude, fucking 53 women or whatever came out and said that Bill Cosby yeah. raped them and fucking people are still like, well, did it actually happen? And, and yeah. it's a small percentage of It was of a people. different time you're at right. that point, you know? <laughs> like, it wasn't that uncommon for guys to, you They know. probably wanted it. I mean, he was, you know, they probably were trying to advance their career. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, if, if people don't see it, if people don't yeah. actually see it. And so maybe that's more of a testament of, you know, their... Uh, Maybe it's the times. Like, fuck, I don't know. Like, maybe now that we have the capability of seeing things on video or, you know, whatever, people won't actually believe that shit is true unless they see it. But, yeah, dude, it makes a huge, a huge fucking difference of shit. Dude, imagine... I don't know. Dude, you know, know, I live this every single day in my my business. So, I mean, like, I, I get it how people react differently to videos versus just word of mouth, even though... You could still trust it. Like if somebody's being honest with you and they're and that you d- decide that they're credible, you should accept what they're saying. But say what you will about the New England Patriots, and let's set aside all the cheating scandals for a second. <laughs> when it came to Aaron Hernandez, they cut that dude immediately. I'm glad you brought up Aaron Hernandez. Have you watched the documentary? Okay, and good. I want to talk to you a bit about good. it. Yeah, I finished it this morning. There's a few things about Aaron Hernandez, and and me and Sarah were actually talking. My fiance were talking earlier about some details about the Aaron Hernandez documentary that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, there was a lot that I was like, <sighs> I'm glad. I'm glad because the, I, I'm glad as like an because you're looking at it from a lawyer mind and I'm looking at it from a, a, a yeah just a regular dude mind. So if, if anyone listening to this of our eight people who listen to this podcast, if, <laughs> follow us on Crossing Streams podcast <laughs> on Instagram. Um, if you haven't seen it, basically it talks about how Aaron Hernandez, who was an NFL star, ends up going to prison because of murder, and you know he ends up hanging himself in mur- or in prison or whatever, ends up dying, 
and come to find out there's this guy who, when he was in high school, who obviously he was a big high school football star. There's this guy in high school who was his quarterback and he was the tight end. Supposedly they had sexual relations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, supposedly these two dudes were banging each other. Which I think that the documentary was sort of hinting at the prospect and the timeline's hard to deny. Was sort of hinting at the idea that his hidden sexuality is part of why he both murdered and also killed himself. Right. Yeah. It was basically saying the fact that he had suppressed all these things. And it didn't didn't actually say that, you know, in all fairness. It kind of just hinted, like you said, it just hinted at that. It never ever actually said that. But is there something that kind of bugs you about the fact of saying something about that? about somebody who can't defend themselves, you know? They, the, as much as Her- Aaron Hernandez is a dirty murderer and, <laughs> yeah. you know, he sucks as a person and, right. you know, fuck that guy and, and I, I get it. Like, fuck that guy for sure. He did terrible, horrible things and, you know, you know what happened happened and it was an accumulation of a lot of things. But, like, I don't know. To, to come out and say, like... There was no evidence. It's not like he had text messages to show, like, you know, this is me and Aaron Hernandez, pictures, anything. It's just him saying me and Aaron Hernandez had sexual relations with each other. Like, who's to say if this guy's telling the truth? Like, no one fucking knows. And he's not even here to defend himself or tell his side of the story. So I will say this. um, I've actually watched two documentaries about it. One was made by, like, a TV network, and it wasn't nearly as good quality and that one had a college girlfriend who had heard and thought some things based on their relationship. About him being gay? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And I then, didn't know that. And then there was this this guy and this one where he really came out. Um, but if if he was credible and if he was, like, reliable, I would say that that's, that's fair. Like, I, I would believe his, you know, for lack of a better term, testimony that, you know, they had this experience growing up. Um, which is, oh, like, whatever. That's fine. Um, but to your question, which was, you know, is that okay? Like, shouldn't we feel bad about doing this for somebody who can't defend themselves? Yes, but only in the context, I think, of his of his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing, right? And I didn't know this quote. I saw Stephen A. say this at the end, and I'm not a Stephen A. fan by any stretch. <laughs> but there was a clip of him at the end of the documentary where he said something along the lines of, I feel terrible for... The Hernandez family. I feel terrible for Aaron Hernandez's daughter. I feel terrible for the Owen Lloyd family. But I have no sympathy for Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, dude. And I, that is kind of how I feel about it because he it, did some terrible things. He, was he a sh- absolutely, absolutely killed Owen Lloyd. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And he's yeah, there's definitely no question. had some, some issues going on. And so I don't really feel bad about talking – like if he was this single dude who had no kids and no like real relatives, people who cared about him, and he murdered people, and we talked about how he was uh, you know, a closeted gay or whatever, <laughs> I wouldn't feel bad. I wouldn't feel bad if, that, if it came out like negatively like that. Right, yeah. Because he's not a good person, so I yeah. don't really feel bad about like you know talking ill of the dead, I guess. I, maybe that makes me a horrible person. No. But the fact that his daughter is probably six, seven years old and then will eventually get into her teenage years and be able to work a Netflix machine and she sees all this and it's kind of negative stuff. And I think that's that's tough. You yeah, know? That, for I think sure. That blurs it a little bit because she's an innocent victim in this whole thing. You know? Right. And maybe it is a – I mean maybe it's a testament to – because like, you know, in, in all reality, you know, if even if he was – 
at the end of the day, if he was homosexual, like, does that, I mean, that's fine. Like, no, like that, that doesn't contribute to what he did or, you know, whatever. If it was the big, the biggest thing was that the documentary was trying to like kind of allude to the fact that he was suppressing these things led to the fact that he did these other things, but maybe he was just a guy who was, you know, bisexual maybe he liked men and he liked women which is completely cool and maybe he had these crazy violent tendencies which is not cool you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. i just didn't like the fact that it was it was alluding to the fact that they were connected when there was no real proof of of that Mm -hmm. you know does that make sense like if the guy was if the guy liked dudes and he liked women, that's a hundred percent okay. But it, the fact that like people are going to say that like this led to this, like I don't know, if, like how do we know that that's true? Like I don't know. And, but there and the is proof. Like, the, this guy's saying that it happened oh, is okay. proof. You're, it, right, it you're is hundred percent right. evidence. I guess yes, you're hundred percent right. What I'm saying is, I guess there's no. Would it be called physical proof? Like uh, just like text there's, me- yeah. yeah, there's no text messages or pictures or anything. And he, at the end of the day, like I couldn't care less if. Aaron Hernandez was gay or not. Like, it, it literally means nothing to me. It's just the fact that the, the documentary was playing this angle yeah. that him being homosexual meant that he was going to do these things. And then, like, doing that without any physical proof of, like, of the connection or even that those things actually happened other than this guy saying that they happened. I don't know. And it kind of leads to, I don't know. It, it's just, it's just, it's hard for me to like conceptualize it it's hard for me to understand when it's like i don't get to hear aaron hernandez's side like i wish i could like all this does is make me wish i can hear like what he has to say about all this shit like what is your side of the story if you did do those things that's cool like that's fine but like what was going on in your (laughs) fucking brain like what like what was high school like because dude the shit about his fucking dad beating his fucking mom and shit and like be, just being hard and like him having this like he loved his parents but they had this crazy fucking relationship like all of that shit is i don't know it, it's just it's intense to me like it's fucking crazy and i i just wish that i had his portion of the story because it obviously like we there's this huge piece of it, like you watch this whole thing and i feel like you end the you end it and you're like well i feel like there's this whole piece missing that i'm never gonna get because the guy's fucking dead <laughs> it's you it's, know it's interesting that you're saying this because in the court of public opinion, it makes total sense to to feel this way, to just be like, well, what does he have to say about it? Yeah. Right? But do you recognize that in a criminal court, he has an unabridged, completely, you know, blessed by the Constitution right to not say a damn thing if he doesn't want to? Yeah, I guess that's and true. And so right? the jurors in the Aaron Hernandez case were tasked with deciding what happened without ever hearing and being told by a judge that it's against the law to sit there and wonder what he would have said or why didn't he say anything. You just have to pretend, pretend like, like that doesn't it's make done. Sense. It doesn't matter that he doesn't say anything. It doesn't yeah, mean he's guilty. Crazy. It doesn't mean he's innocent. We have what we have, and we have to make the decision based on what we have and only what we have. Yeah. And so that's why motive was such a thing is because what – the defense was certainly getting at is that you know what they don't have he what's his motive they didn't present a motive and kind of what that is saying is even though the defense couldn't argue it they're saying you didn't hear from Aaron like you don't know why he would have done this and that matters so much like why he would have done this but you wouldn't know really why he did this unless he testified and told you why he did this which would mean he'd be admitting that he did it right 
And so it's kind of just like that's why the whole the, the, the gay angle was put out there was because it's kind of a, a hypothetical as to what his motive was. And there was like I think first of all, you don't have to prove a motive. Like there's no requirement that you prove what the motive is in proving a murder, uh, at least not in California. But there's kind of a lot of like small reasons why he would have done it. I mean, well, in your in, in in your opinion, like, do you think that do you think that there's always a motive? Like, do, do you think that maybe there are just some shitty people and like they are presented with these situations and then maybe they react and maybe they don't really feel that bad about what their reaction? Like, fuck, like maybe people are just bad people and they they do these things and then they're th- th- here we are like now this person's dead and i did that and now we have to handle that situation and then move on with our like does that ever happen like is there ever a situation where a person kills and maybe there wasn't a fucking motive like maybe they're just bad they're just shitty people yes to both to both i think that i think there's a yes to both because i think there's always a motive but there are people who, as you put it, are just shitty people. And that is demonstrated by the motive being so minor that it almost boggles a regular person's mind. Right? Like, I had a case one time. Um, and th- essentially what had happened is there was an issue over a gun deal. This one guy traded the other guy for a gun, and then he wanted it back. And ultimately, like, it all came down to basically own the dude like 100 bucks, Literally 100 bucks. And this guy thought he owed 100 bucks, went down there to collect the 100 bucks, and the dude smashed his window basically saying, get out of here. When that dude who smashed the window is driving out the neighborhood because they were, they were neighbors, this dude comes out of his garage and unloads his entire magazine into his car as he's driving by try, and shoots him in the face. Sheesh. And bullet fragments or bullet, you know, maybe complete bullets, but they were probably ricocheting off the car. We're going into the neighbor's house where they've got three little kids in their house feeding them breakfast and bullets are flying through their neighborhood. All over a hundred bucks, this dude tried to kill somebody. That's crazy, right? It's crazy. Like you, one person might say, like, "Oh, he's just a shitty person," but really, what it was is he felt he was slighted over like a hundred bucks yeah. and decided that he should kill somebody and put an entire neighborhood at risk in so doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's both. He's got a, a motive that just doesn't make sense to people. Just seems so minuscule. Seems so minuscule, but really, it's kind of all explained by the fact that he's just a bad person, right? Yeah. Okay, so that makes sense. Like, there's kind of an umbrella, like, reasoning, which is that he just kind of sucks. And then the real reasoning, at at the moment in his brain, his reasoning was that this guy owes me money. But, like, what was the real big issue? The real big issue was, like, something was just off. Yeah. Now, that kind of... Which I think is what plays into the the second trial, but the the first homicide, where they capped those two dudes in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, they they say, was started over the dude accidentally spilled a drink on him. Yeah. I totally buy that. Like, yes, it seems so silly that most people are just going to be like, oh my god, like, really? Spilled drink in a crowded club and you're going to kill two people over it? That's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. And that's what (laughs) separates you as a normal person away from a cold-blooded sociopath. Right. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. Now that case, I recognize was kind of was dicey, right? That's ultimately why he was um, acquitted. Right, yeah, on it. I mean, and that's kind of why it ends how it because it's kind of like, well, I mean, you know, I don't know. It seems like a, yeah. a weird one, you know? Right. It's not as easy as the other one. The but other the one other was one, very clearly like he was the murderer. <laughs> but apply that same logic to the one where he's clearly a murderer. This is where they were trying to come up with this motive. Could it have been that this guy found out he was gay and was going to kind of extort him for it? 
Yes. Could it have been that they spilled a drink at the club? Yes. Could it have been? Here's one that nobody talked about. Could it have been the fact that this guy saw him grinding up on some other chick in the club when this guy is technically his brother-in-law, so he's dating his fiance's sister? Yeah. Right? Like, we've all been there where you're like, what the fuck, dude? You're yeah, like, like, you're you dating my sister. That. Yeah, like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you're dating my sister-in-law, and here you are, like, grinding up on this this random chick in the club? Come on, bro. Yeah. Could it have been a little bit of There's drug a lot money? Of shit, yeah. Could it, you know, could it have been drug money? Could it have been, you know, something else? All of those things are possible. They all seem ridiculously silly to kill over, but that's what separates a regular human brain away from somebody who isn't working correctly. Well, here's a question for you then. So there are obviously people in our society, in this country, in our society who are walking amongst us who their brains just don't quite work correctly. Like mm-hmm. that maybe they're quote unquote bad. Like maybe mm-hmm. they just have these tendencies. Like what do we... Like what? What do we do about that? Because prison isn't re- reform, right? Like sending them to prison isn't reforming who they are. Like sending people who get out of prison don't generally, for the most part, get out and all of a sudden live these amazing lives. Like mm-hmm. there's something mentally wrong, quote unquote wrong, right? Because like who are we to say like what's right? There's there's mentally something going on that's different. Than the common person, the common yep. man or woman. Like, what do we do about that? Like, what do we really do to fix that or or maybe prevent that from happening? Because it's easy for me and you to say, like, fuck that person. They're evil. They have, you know, they do these shitty things. Like, I wouldn't do a shitty thing, so fuck that person. But we can't put ourselves truly in their mindset to understand, like, what they're thinking and to do the actions that they're doing. So, like, what do we do to fix that situation? Because Aaron Hernandez, it's not like he had this very obvious... Like, Aaron Hernandez is a very particular one because the dude was a millionaire. He was a fucking NFL standout like he was an amazing athlete who would have never had to work a day in his life if he would have just gone on the path that he got it's not like it was like him being poor and needing things and like that's why he did these things it was literally mental illness like what do we do to make it so that that that, that we fix that or make it so that that doesn't happen it just seems like such a a complex issue that like is it just that sometimes we have to just be like, okay, well, this person's broken. Like, there's nothing right. we can do about the fact that this person's broken. They're just broken. And I'm well, sorry, but that's just how it is. Well, there's there's two things, two, two responses I have. The first one is it's actually pretty simple, right? We just need to increase mental health services by, like, 50%. Yeah. It's easy. At least 50%. Like, there should be significantly more resources for mental health treatment, from psychiatry treatment to therapeutic treatment to medication where necessary. And thing two, my second response would be this is definitely a topic that two dicks on crossing (laughs) streams can't cover. Like, there's no way that we would be able to grapple this topic. But, like, I thought that was the point of this whole thing. (laughs) but, But ultimately, that's what you have to do. And I think, like, logistically it's a nightmare i'm not running for mayor but you know it would involve some level of scaling back on 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 drug enforcement and people who are locked up for drug offenses diverting the resources from the corrections based on holding people for drug offenses because most of them have mental illnesses anyway especially since addictions down the dsm manual anyway or that's right. that's redundant but in the dsm now so you divert all those resources that you can and like hire 
50% more psychiatrists that work for no money that are basically contracted by the state where we find these psychiatrists i have no idea that's about right. where where my input ends but i mean that's ultimately what i think we got to do so essentially it's a it's an issue that's so far above and beyond what any common folk could even i mean even somebody like you who who knows the ins and outs ins and outs of some things like it, it it's just it just seems it's so much more complex than we could ever understand and that's kind of my biggest thing is like i wish you know, more people understood that like these things are so much more complex than we could ever understand. So when you see these situations like this, like, yes, we're shocked, but like, are you really that shocked? Like, yeah. fuck, man, we have billions, billions and billions of people. And like, we have, you know, all these situations and, you know, things that come together and, and there's going to be these things that happen. And, and, you know, we, we don't really know how to handle all of them. And this is kind of the, the result of those things and none of us really know what to do. Um, but anyways, let's talk about something a little more fun. Yeah. I have a fuck ton of clickbait shit for today. A fuck ton? A fuck You ton. know what? I want to talk about something else first. Oh, okay. Hold on. Pause. You say hold on? No. Yeah. Pause on my clickbait stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, have you listened to all of our, uh, recordings? Yeah. Why? Um, cause I realized something, right? So here's, here's, let me give you the, the backstory. All right. So in, in my business, we've talked about it a little bit today. A lot of what I do is talk, unfortunately, right? Yeah. But we, as trial lawyers, all we do is we talk at certain times and only at certain times. And really, like, we can just go and just talk and speak our mind and argue and kind of just say what we're thinking only at really two specific times for a prosecutor. It's our closing argument, then the defense makes an argument, and then we get to argue again. Right. We have kind of all the time we want. For the most part, a judge is going to let you talk. At some point, you go like an hour and a half or something ridiculous. They'll be like, all right, let's wrap it up. But other than that, you can kind of talk for unlimited amount of time, really. The only thing you have to consider is how much is somebody actually listening when you've talked too long. Anyway, uh, at some point, one of you know a colleague of mine or you know a supervisor of mine where we were talking about this, and they put, uh, brought out this comic strip of some sort. And on this comic strip, there was this giant book. It was like a, you know, a comically large book in this comic panel. And, you know, like an like old dictionary or something. Super, super big. And the title of that book were Things I Wish I Would Have Said. All right? And the idea would be like, okay, you had your closing argument, you had your rebuttal, and there's all these things, and you get back to your office after this big argument, the jury's out deliberating, and you're just like, damn it. If I would have only said that. I should have said, why didn't I say that? Why didn't I think of that before? And I, and the reason I bring this up is I said that I wish drones were flying around catching murderers, and I don't wish that. Okay, so can, just so it's I can. It's my worst nightmare. Just so I can sound clip this one seg- section. Can <laughs> you say should. what you just said one more time? Just, I was, what was the word you said that starts with an R and ends with an I-G-H-T? I was what? Drones. No, I was. Shed. I was uh, I was right. I was right. Can you just say that one more time? Just so you I act know. like you've never been right before. <laughs> yeah, I know. I fucking I know I was right because you were suggesting that you you wanted just drones flying around recording listen, our every move. <laughs> listen, a broken clock is right twice a day. What does that mean? Like, you sound like my fucking grandfather who says just dumb things when I have, when I outsmart him and he just says something stupid. And I'm like, that just, that's you just because you've heard that I'm before saying, doesn't mean it's applicable to the situation. Listen, you're, listen, all I'm saying is that you were correct. 
I don't believe that at all. <laughs> I got caught up in the moment, and that is a ridiculous idea to have drones funded by the government watching people in their houses. Yeah. Or near their houses. You're right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Super stupid. And I'm sure that at some point... A conservative like you would never believe something like that. <laughs> I'm not a conservative. I have, con- I have some conservative values. <laughs> One of my conservative values is a healthy fear of the government. Just a healthy fear. But look, I'm sure there's going to be a moment. This is a moment of humility, all right? Uh, I'm sure there will be a moment in our podcast career where you're going to be like, shit. <laughs> I should have said this. And you're going to turn to this segment because now if we've got multiple segments, we can start calling them segments. Yeah. You're going to be like, yo. We do now. I got I to call a shit I should have said meeting. This is our first shit I should have shed segment. <laughs> shit I should have shed. Welcome to shit I should have shed segment. <laughs> exactly, dude. Hey, man, you're going to use that in categories, I'm sure, at some point. <clears throat> anyway, thank you for indulging me while I uh, confess. Anything else you regret saying or is that it? On this this last episode, it's probably I think that's it. Okay, good. I had a lot of other regrets, but it's mostly regarding the way my voice sounds. Yeah, I wish your voice sounded different, dude. Too. It's the worst. <laughs> Might be the worst voice I've ever heard in my life. All right, turn to clickbait. All right, clickbait. That's our uh, clickbait uh, intro song. We need intro songs. I've heard that now from our listener. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Jason. All right. Woman accused of pooping and <laughs> the Chicago sunroof? <laughs> no, that is it? No, it's not a Chicago Natick parking lot. No, Natick parking lot. So this woman has been she's Andrea Grosher, 51 years old of Ashland, was arrested Wednesday near Natick Outdoor Store, according to a report from Natick Police. Henry Canner, the owner of the store, said she had done it nine times, but she oh. was arrested on eight charges of defacing property. Oh, no. How do you feel about outdoor poopers getting caught on camera? I don't want to watch that. Here's the thing, man. Well, the video isn't the video isn't available, so it's good. it's tough, right? Because like I'm sure this is just some crazy homeless lady who doesn't have anywhere else to shit. Do you think? But she... nine times is absurd. Nine times. At <laughs> well, a in the same parking spot. lot, she should probably find new spots, like, like a she... wooded area. She's like... going to the same spot nine times. We're Ashland, area. where Florida? I don't know. It didn't tell me. This is the Florida the Florida man uh, segment. Look, I do have some sympathy, right? Because homeless people don't have anywhere to shit. But you can't do it in a parking lot. Like, come on. You can't do it on the street. Like, that's that's the problem with San Francisco now, right? Is, like, there's shit literally flowing the streets. People say that. I've been to San Francisco very recently, and I did not see one pile of shit. I will be 100% honest. probably not in the right parts of town. I was, like, down. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy San Francisco last couple times you've been there? I mean, in the... The fact that, like, it, this is a place that I'm visiting, not, like, in a place that I'd be like, oh, I could see myself living here. Like, definitely not. But, like, yeah, I had a fine time. Like, it wasn't it wasn't bad. It's fine. Dude, that place is the worst. I mean, yeah. If you were, like, I, look, sometimes you just got a deal. You got to go to a Warriors game, <laughs> right? Or there's some sort of show that's coming to town. It's only in San Francisco. You got to go. You got to go. But that place, oh my god, they don't even like prosecute crimes anymore. Well, hey, we did see, we do. We were in like a nice part, so we had. Friends yeah, that's with, why there wasn't shit in the middle of the street. No, we were. So we had friends visiting from Phoenix, and they had gotten a, a hotel in like the whatever district, whatever like the nice financial, like the nice part of town. 
like the downtown to like night. So they're skyscrapers, but it's really nice. And we literally, the day we were leaving, walked out to walk to like the BART station. There was a dude doing heroin or no, it was meth for sure. Meth. He was doing meth like outside the hotel, like right outside the door, like on the street. He was doing meth. It was insane. Like I'd never seen just a guy on the street, just like twisting a globe, just getting stoned for the, it was like eight in the morning. Dude, he's not going to get in. Like there's, there's nothing. Nobody's going to come over there and be like, Hey man, you can't do meth here. Yeah. You gotta go to the shittier part of town. That's not going to happen there because they don't prosecute those kinds of cases anymore. We saw a hand to hand when we were there last time. A very clear dude. One dude was like totally like screwed up. His shoulder was all like was about six inches higher than his other shoulder, and he was kind of walking sideways. And he did this very clear like hand to hand. And Corbin was like, "Did we just watch? Did we just watch a drug deal?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's 100 percent what we just watched." That's crazy. Yeah, it happens all. I will say in your defense that it, that does happen all the time. Like, yeah. It's fucking, it's fucking nuts. It's like a different world. And I don't know if the Orpheum Theater is in a good or bad part of San Francisco, but we were like right outside the Orpheum Theater, right there. We see this hand to hand. Place is crazy. Yeah. All right. Next one. Doctors beg, beg, doctors beg men. This is New York Post, by the way. This isn't one of Dang. those crazy sites. That's is that isn't that tablets? New York Post? No, oh, I, I don't know. I thought it was a legit one. I don't know. I don't know anymore. They're all the same to me. Um, doctors beg men not to masturbate with banana peels. Oh. <laughs> Have you heard of anyone doing that before? What an outrage. No, I haven't heard of anybody. I've never heard of anyone. When I read this, I was like, oh, shit, this must be. I thought you had maybe have heard of people doing this before. What's the. uh, Did you read the article? You don't need to read it, but just tell me, like. I guess, like, a lot of people have, like, banana allergies, and people (laughs) are just masturbating with bananas. So, okay. And then they were getting, like, bumps on their wiener. That is ridiculous. And so they're going to the doctor, and the doctors are just on their knees. They're like, please, well, have you done anything different? Please stop jacking it with a banana. I know. I feel, I feel like doctors beg men not to mask. Like, I feel like that's so dramatic. Like, are they really begging anybody? Nobody's begging anybody to stop doing anything. But it's also like, who was like, they had an empty banana peel in their hand. They're like, I know something that would fit in here. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dudes are gross, man. Guys are gross. Guys will jack off with anything. But, you know, also, doctors don't know shit. (laughs) We were watching... We were watching... I don't know anything about banana peels. I don't know what it is. We've been watching a lot of documentaries lately. And I am all for Western medicine. But largely, it seems like doctors only learn stuff by just, like, trial and error over time. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? They just, like, they just do shit and then study whether or not it's a good or bad idea later. Like, we were really what we were watching. It was actually a documentary about, well, it was about sex, but the episode is about childbirth. It's on Netflix. And they what were talking. the show? I think it's called, like, I don't know. I'll send it to you later. But it was, the episode was about childbirth, and they were talking about an episiostomy, episiostomy, okay. something like that. It's where they would actually, in childbirth, they would actually, like, make a cut. To uh, they and I think what they were thinking was they'd make this cut and the baby would come out easier. But then they did all the studies. It's like, oh, that's like way more difficult to heal from. It's way more painful when you do that. Like you just let that thing tear and it actually heals better and it's more comfortable. But like they didn't even think about that before. They yeah. were doing it to women without even asking them. They're cutting them, and it's just like nobody thought it was just a doctor who's just like, oh, this is a good idea. Yeah, they well, don't know what they're doing until it fails. Like that's how medicine works. So I mean, you're talking know. about doctors that like within 70 years ago they were prescribing cigarettes to like <laughs> kids who were weak. Yeah, weak-willed kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all just trial and error. So 
I mean, maybe these doctors don't know if jacking off with a banana peel is a good or bad idea. Maybe this is just one of those things that they're <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like a great idea. A no. lot of people are allergic to bananas. No. They're not really the same shape. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's, it's mistreatment of the banana is really what it is. <laughs> banana is. didn't consent. All right. There's another one, um, or here's another one about a deputy and his canine dog. So it's a little bit sad, but it's a little bit silly. So this has been a sad episode anyway. George, yeah, this was a real serious episode. Uh, Georgetown um, officer. So his, so they were at a crime scene, and his dog gets distracted by a cow. And runs up to the cow and then ends up biting the cow. So uh-huh. he fucking, like, the dog is, like, biting the cow. So he tases the dog. So it's a little bit sad. He tases his own dog? He tases his own dog because he couldn't Shoot. get the dog. Because it was a well-trained dog and the dog wouldn't listen to him. And so he it fucking. doesn't sound like a well-trained dog then. Right. It's supposed to be a well-trained canine dog. And he tases him. And so the dog obviously gets off and is, like, kind of, like, whatever. The dude walks up to the dog and the fucking cow kicks the shit out of the officer. Oh, my God. That's insane. I know. Just think about like your dog was trying to warn you. Like this is not a good cow. This cow is not cool. This Dude. cow's way too close. Oh my god. Should not be around. And he fucking tases his poor little dog and then fucking walks up to the dog and the cow just kicks the shit out of the officer. Oh no, was he hurt? Uh he was fine. Is it not um the cow? That's a terrible dog, man. Those things are sick. Their injuries were determined to be minor. Yeah, and the, the, the what it, what sucked the most was like the the thing that they were reporting to was like a burglary, but it ended up being like nothing. Like it wasn't even like a whatever. It wasn't even like a big deal. It didn't even be. I don't think it was an actual burglary or whatever. These the thing about these fucking news stories, they don't really tell you the ending. You know, yeah. they just it's like clickbait. To, yeah, it's all just bullshit. And then they're just like, oh well, and then that was the end. Right. The goal is to get us to the site for the ads. Okay, so here's another crazy one, and this one fucking blew my mind. So. There's this family, and let me see where they lived. Probably Florida, but pro- but maybe not. Um, it doesn't say. It doesn't say where. Sunnyskies.com, so that sounds like Florida. Ooh. This is for sure, like, tabloid bullshit. Sunny Skies, and they spell skies S-K-Y-Z, so. It's, oh, boy. This is not good. Oh, boy. Oh, it's Brazil. Brazil. Okay, so in Ooh, Brazil. This could have happened then. Yeah, I think this is legit. So there's a family in Brazil. They, back in 1982, they live in this house. Back in 1982, they lose their turtle. Oh, boy. Like, their pet turtle. And they're just like, eh, whatever. I guess the pet turtle is fucking gone forever. That's sad. Lost our turtle. 30 years later, 30 years later, they're cleaning out their storage room, and they fucking find their turtle that had been lost for. 30 fucking years. Mm. A turtle that had aged 30 years was just like living on bugs in their storage room, like just under some shit. I believe that. <laughs> in Brazil, according to sunnyskies.com. I Assuming mean, it has guys, enough but... stuff to eat, dude. First of all, turtles live forever, right? Turtles can live like hundreds of years. Well, maybe not turtles, tortoises. I don't know the difference. But like, there are plenty of people who do not keep stock of their household. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who are just not good at keeping track of their things. That should not happen, people. I know we've got no influence. <laughs> but you should put your eyes on every corner of your house at least like once a year. 
Yeah, for sure. I don't think that's asking too much. You should look under your beds. But you it was like look a in the back of your closets. It you should a, you should be checking out your your the corners of your storage units. It was too. like an external storage unit, like outside of their house. Like it was in their backyard. They just like put old furniture yeah. there, and it was saying the article even said like the p- people that or whoever thought that it was living off of like termites. Like basically because they were filling the storage with so much shit and created termites and. T- only reason the tortoise lived is because it was eating these fucking termites yeah and i still i get that it's an external storage spot i feel like once a year is not asking too much i'm not saying once a month i'm saying once a year you should take stock of your living arrangements all right folks (laughs) once a year just check the corners of your storage unit because like have you checked every have you ever have you checked every nook and cranny of your backyard though yeah, exactly. No. You easily could have a tortoise from 30 years ago living back there. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even lived there for 30 years. Exactly. It would be someone else's fucking tortoise. But I mean more of like the interior. I'm not, I don't mean like, yeah, you should probably check your yard and stuff too. But I also don't own the house. So there's a lot of reasons why it's not a big deal that I haven't done that. But <laughs> you should right. lose a tortoise for 30 years, I think, is, is ridiculous. Did you know that if iguanas get too cold, they'll just kind of like freeze up and like just kind of like play dead for a long time like, like their just, heart rate drops and yeah stuff. it's like one of those weird like hmm. reptile situations all right reptiles so, are weird bro so this t- the title of the story is guy in florida loads car with frozen iguanas they warm up come back to life cause car accident yeah yeah that's ridiculous <laughs> so this dude who was from central america he had like moved to florida obviously because the weather or whatever and the weather this year in florida has been super cold so he had all these iguanas in his backyard who had like froze but they were just like stiff on the ground and so he had collected all of them and for whatever reason what did he a, think was gonna he happen? put them in his car like thinking like he wanted to eat them he wanted to no eat no no he did he was from central america they eat them there he wanted to eat the iguanas so he put them all he collected them all oh, up, put them in his car. God. When they were in his car, they warmed up. And as he was driving down the road, they fucking came back to life. And they fucking started crawling around. And he freaked out and fucking got in a car accident. My biggest question was going to be, okay, so you find what you think are frozen iguanas. Why do anything with them other than throw them away? But you answered that question. And I'm not satisfied <laughs> He's going to eat them. You don't, ugh. <laughs> so, okay. All right. You like, you like bacon, don't you? Yeah, if you found it. bacon in the middle of your yard, are you gonna like bring it in the house and cook it? That's not a fair question. If you found a pig, if you had pigs roaming around your backyard and it got so cold that one of those pigs froze to death, you wouldn't eat that pig? Probably not. One that's in my crazy. yard. Why not? What's in my yard? I mean, it depends. Well, first of all, you'd kill it. Yeah. At least, at the very least, by gutting it. Even if you think it's dead, you're gonna clean it up and take it take it apart. At which point, it doesn't come back to life. And yeah, but you're talking about accident. iguanas. Iguanas are different than pigs. Like pigs. You like, were the one that said pigs. <laughs> I know. I said bacon. Okay, but bacon's come from pigs. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I understand <laughs> that. But that wasn't the hypothetical I set up. I know, but make That's a more, gross, more uh, applicable comparison is what I'm saying. It's gross to find a frozen reptile in your yard and load if it you're from your Central car. America, I didn't know that people ate it, so I will give a little bit of a break. It's still, I think, gross to find food. Uh, frozen in your yard. I mean, do you know how long it's been frozen there? No. Has it been dead for a Probably year a and then freezes? I think he was going out like he went out like every day and was like, oh, wow, there's some frozen shit. So he just got him and put him in his car. That's gross. All right. Last one. All right. This one's my favorite. I actually sent this to your brother today. 
So North Korea has its own basketball rules, and mm. I like them so much. Okay. I wish they would apply them to the Lay it on me. NBA. So slam dunks are worth three points. <laughs> okay. Because they don't dunk over there? <laughs> yeah, because they're too short. Uh, <laughs> field goals in the last three minutes of the game, guess how many points they're worth? One. Eight. <laughs> So why the last so they could be so down nothing like, matters so they could be down like forty points and in the last three minutes every field goal they make is worth eight points. <laughs> All right, three pointers are worth four if the ball doesn't touch the rim, which I think is awesome. Oh my goodness, this is the best rule. A point is deducted for every missed free throw. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's good. I like that a lot. That's it, dude. That's it's the same rules except those things. Like I feel like all of those things would make the sport dude, eight way points. More... That's so funny. Where is this? What? North Korea. North Korea. <laughs> oh my god! Of course, it's North Korea. The biggest dictatorship in the. You know... That is hilarious. Because you know you ever seen Khabib uh, play, them yeah, play basketball? It is pretty. Funny it's like with a medicine play. ball. They don't really dribble. They don't dribble at all. They, they just, just try and tackle each other, and it seems like they're having so much fun. I don't know why they call it basketball but they just seem like they're having so much fun and that's what that reminds me of is like north korea is just doing crazy stuff and having a blast doing it yeah it that's fucking tight you're never out of the game dude. yeah it keeps the game exciting like dunks like imagine if every dunk like a dunk was worth three points and then if you just had a fucking sick three-point game and just never hit the rim they were always worth four those are not as exciting to me as the eight points for every field game <laughs> That's insane. Anarchy. Yeah, because yeah, he could be down by any amount and fucking always win. I haven't heard of a single good basketball player. I mean, you have to imagine if – I mean, it's not like someone could grow up in North Korea and then, like, come to the NBA, right? I mean, it's like a place that – I don't know the trade. Once you're there, you're there. Like, you're stuck there. Like, there's no leaving. I don't know. Dennis Rodman has done a lot of advocacy over there. Yeah, but he's like a weird – you could go in. You just can't come out. Yeah. You know, it's different. It's yeah, I don't know. Different. See, that's definitely something I wasn't prepared to talk about in North Korean politics. <laughs> so I don't really know how it works exactly. Well, be ready for next time. <laughs> exactly. All right. We're an hour and four minutes, so I guess we're good. All right, everybody. Again, if you late, lasted till the very end, follow us on Instagram, Crossing Streams Podcast, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.